What's up? And what's going on, ladies go. and gentlemen? Y'all already know it's Brad Dungle. Y'all know that that intro speaks volume because I am volume. Let's go, people. We are there. Here. We go. We are here. Brand new little show we got cooking up here. A debate show, man. A debate show called No Game because we don't play games. Doing it with my fine friend, Andrew Oaks, the freaking goat, bro. How are we doing today, Andrew? How, how's life treating you? We're doing good, brother. We are just uh, – I'm excited to get this debate show going, man. I, uh, I'm going to try to take it easy on you. You know, I, uh, you know, being a good friend of yours, <laughs> I know you're a little bit younger than me, so I'm going to have to sign you here and there. And, you know, I'm the elder of the show, so the elder statesman of the show. I might have to teach you a thing or two when it comes to sports, but what do we got there? What is that? It's oh, we got the LeBron. Uh, what is that? A bunch of stickers? Yeah. Family right. friend made cool. this for me. It is now in the setup. Pretty cool addition. Did your family friend let you know that uh, LeBron can't help you win these debates? Yeah, he can, man. Playoff LeBron mode. Right? Not even playoff LeBron's going to help you win these debates, son. You're in, you're in for a long, a long show today. All right, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, let's. Uh, should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Um, let's start off with the NBA. Uh, obviously, you know, this being our first show, we got to start with the hottest topic going on right now in, in all of sports, and that's Kevin Durant requesting a trade out of Brooklyn. So, Dunk, I want to ask you, and you'll go first, which team is the best fit for Kevin Durant to go and win a title when it comes to enhancing his legacy even more than it already is? Now, uh, we were talking about this question earlier, and I think there's a couple teams – um, that that would be good picks here, but uh, I think the yeah. best pick is is Portland, man. I just think when you look at that team, uh, haven't made it to the finals in a very long time. Um, you know, Dame Lillard has really been loyal to Portland, and I don't think they've provided the roster around him that's good enough to compete with some of these other teams to go out and win the championship like the 2020 Lakers, the Golden State Warriors when they had Kevin Durant, even the Golden State Warriors without Kevin Durant. Um, yeah. I, I didn't think that they put the, a, a good enough team around him. And, I mean, going out and getting a seven-foot sniper that Kevin Durant is would be huge for Portland and would definitely make them contenders in the West and probably to win the title. Um, now, looking at it from a basketball sense, I mean – uh, Durant would be probably clearly the best player on that team. I think you and me would both agree that Durant is better than Damian Lillard, even though I'm a huge Damian oh, no, Lillard No fan. question. Yeah, Dame's great, but Durant's 6'11". Right. So I, I think that is, is one thing that you look at. He's finally the best player on a team that wins a championship. Now, obviously, I think to solidify that, he would have to go out there and win finals MVP. Uh, like like we yeah. talk about, kind of that's how we measure the best player in the world nowadays is if you win finals MVP. Um, but, yeah, I think this is the best fit for uh, Kevin Durant's legacy per se, but I think it's a great basketball fit. Uh, you have two guys that you will have to account for on every single possession, night in and night out. That's pretty scary, especially with – 
I think Dame's kind of an underrated passer and distributor of the basketball as well. I don't think people give him enough credit for that. So I think I him, agree. With, him with KD would even help solidify that point even more. But uh, oh, so what, who would you say? Dunk. Portland's not a bad pick, but it's not the best pick. Huh? Um, the best place that Kevin Durant can go to enhance his legacy and kind of get back on the right track is to the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm. Um, now, you got to take a look at kind of, you know, the reasons why it kind of goes back to who the Grizzlies have been as a franchise. I mean, that's a team that, you know, an expansion team in Canada, they moved down to Memphis. You know, they had that awful trade where they trade Pau Gasol for Kwame Brown. Yeah, they get back Marcus Gasol, but I think you would agree. Pau Gasol, yeah. even at Marcus Gasol's greatest, Pau Gasol was better than his brother. Um, sure. Yeah, just the history. I mean, they have no NBA Hall of Famers uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, like technically, if you look it up, AI is on that list, but like he, he's a 76er. You know, yeah. he's a 76er. He's a Denver Nugget. The Memphis Grizzlies have never been to the finals, much less won an NBA finals. Um, you know, when you look at just roster fit, John Morant is, in my opinion, a better, higher basketball IQ version of Russell Westbrook to me. Like, both extremely athletic guards, not the greatest shooters, but the difference to me is that Ja has a much higher basketball IQ. And I think he's better at distributing. I think he's better at knowing time and score and playing accordingly in that sense. So in a weird way, it would be like Durant went from OKC to Golden State. He left Russ because he didn't think he could win with a guy playing like that. Then he goes to Memphis with another young core and wins with a guy in Ja who's pretty much like Russell Westbrook, you know what I mean? Which I think in a, in a cool kind of way would show the maturation of Durant's game also. You know, that he was able to play with a similar player and actually get it done and win. And, um, you know, they always talk about how Durant says, I just want a ball. I just want a ball. I don't want to have the distractions. He's even said he doesn't want to lead the team. He just wants a ball. Jaws would still arguably be the, you know, the face of that franchise. Even with Durant yeah. there, he's still right. the face of the locker room. Um, and Memphis is a smaller market, you know, like they're, they're really not on TV a lot. You know, they will be now more than Jaws there, but, uh, when I think of, you know, obviously when we think of, and I know that you didn't give like a trade, but when I think of like a trade that I put into the old NBA ESPN trade machine, how about this? I got Kevin Durant going to Memphis for Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr., slow roll Kyle Anderson, and three first-round picks. That's not a bad trade. It's not a terrible trade. The salaries pretty much line up too, so it works. Um, if you want to add in another pick in there or something, but I think – you know, you look at what Memphis would have left. Yeah, they'd be thin, but Brandon Clark kind of broke out in the playoffs this past uh, playoffs. You know, he had a really good playoffs, and uh, I think that he could step into that big man role for them. And you roll out a lineup like Ja, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain is still there, Durant, Clark. And the cool thing about this trade is you keep, I would say, the, the young guys that are super young that contribute the most to that culture, you know, like that whole, like, we don't, run from the smoke we run up the chin meat type stuff like you keep all those guys in that trade so yeah i really like durant to memphis i think if he was able to pull that off you know he would also be able to go through a golden state team that beat memphis this year in the playoffs so i think that would even also be like poetic in a sense like he got to 
go to his own team with young guys and lead them over the team that, you know, everybody says his legacy will be tied to forever. And, you know, some argue ruined his legacy. So I think Memphis is the place to be, man. That's, that's where I've got there. Now, uh, oh, your point about Ja um, and Durant, I, I think it's kind of like Steph and Durant uh, in, in a way. And, and here's why I think we can agree. I think Steph and Durant were probably on a little bit more equal playing field as players, but Steph yeah. was the face of that franchise team locker room. I mean, he Steph could go to anywhere in San Francisco or Oakland and get steak dinner and drinks tonight for on, on the house. No, that, no question. No question. That, for for the rest of his life. Right. Yeah. And so so I think like you know, that to me is a terrific point. I I will tell you this. I think uh I think Memphis is is a really in, intriguing team heading into next year without Durant and yeah. them with Durant. I mean, man, that's that's going to be a scary good ball club, and obviously, keeping a guy I'm a fan of in uh in Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain, those two guys yeah. are just play hard every night. So I, I think that that would be an ideal trade for both sides uh, too. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. kind of coming into his own. Uh, I think he would be a great young player for the Nets. And it's been rumored that the Nets are kind of looking for three first round picks, Oaks. Mm-hmm. And a young uh, rising star, young and you, young yeah, player. and you get that with Jaron Jackson Jr. Right. And I'll be honest with you, Dunk. I almost put Dylan Brooks in that trade, and I said, realistically, that's not going to get it done. But you, yeah. you know, they're not going to trade Durant for three solid bench players. Dylan Brooks is a starter, but like you know what I mean, like a role player and and a few first round picks. So yeah, I, I think the trade works, man, and also. I think when it comes to like Durant picking where, you know, he should want to go, you know, they, they've talked about Phoenix, but with Phoenix, it's, you know, they just made the finals in 2021. Yeah, they lost, but they lost to Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's something to sneeze at. And they were up 2-0 in the series, you know. And, yeah, that um, Bucks team, that Bucks team was terrific. There's no, there's no shame in losing to that group. Exactly. And, and they were, you know, top of the conference this past season until they, kind of, you know, hit a wall and, and flaked out and got destroyed by Luka Doncic, you know, in the in game seven. But my point is, is like, I don't know that Durant would get the credit he thinks he's going to get if he goes to Phoenix, you know, like he's yeah. still, he's still joining. And I'm going to even assuming that Aiton won't be there. He's still joining a, a juggernaut of a team, in my opinion. A team Absolutely. where you had guys like Chris Broussard say, like, if you look at the advanced numbers, there's no way they're going to – he said they were going to run through everybody. You know, like, they were just off the charts good. So, right. I like your pick with Portland. I'd love to see him with Dame. Unfortunately, I I don't know if you looked into, like, potential trades. I don't know who they could trade. Yeah, They yeah, can't trade not- him Anthony Simons because of that weird rule where you have to keep a guy for 60 or 90 days. Um, after you sign them. So, yeah, I don't know. I think Portland's a, not a bad choice at all, but I think when it comes down to where could he go for the absolute most credit and where a trade will realistically happen, I got Memphis there. Uh, Oaks, let me ask you this uh, real quick. Uh, when do you think yeah. your KD trade gets finalized and finished? I think we talked off camera. We talked about, you said like what, 4th of July. So that would be Monday. 
Yep. That would be awesome to see some fireworks on 4th of July, man. Like, I, I was hoping it was going to happen before the end of the week. Um, I think it'll happen before the end of free agency, though. I don't know when that's going to be. Right. I'm not sure exactly what day that is. But I think whatever day that is, whether it's July 10th or whatever, um, or the 5th or something, whatever that end day is, I think he'll be traded before that. And if he's not, then I think we're looking at him not getting traded until closer to, I don't know, the end of July probably, if at all. I mean, they could keep on, they could keep him, you know, he's still on contract for four more years. So yeah. I, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, if they can't find a trade package, I'm, if I'm Brooklyn, I know you requested out of here at Durant, but I'm not going to trade you for pennies on the dollar. I'm not doing that. You know, he's too great. <laughs> He's too great. I'm not doing right. it. You right. Know? So, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But, yeah, man, speaking of big moves going on in sports, I mean, you could argue that as big of a story the Durant thing is, nothing has been bigger in the past 24 hours, news cycle at least, than the fact that USC and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten. So my question for you, Dunk, and this is huge, uh, do you believe that the move is a good fit? And are we heading towards kind of like a, a wave in college football right now where we're going to have super conferences, maybe only two super conferences similar to what you see in like the NFL and other, you know, power sports where it's like one really good conference against the other instead of what we've traditionally been seeing, which is SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12 type of deal. Yeah, um, so I'm going to tackle this, the first question first. Uh, is this a good fit for the Big Ten? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, when you talk about bringing in UCLA and USC into your conference, that's huge. Uh, USC just got Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams. They're making all these moves out here. USC is going to be a very good football team the next probably five to ten years. UCLA as well, what they're doing with Chip Kelly over there, they're very excited about their future as well. So you're, you're bringing in two teams that have championship hopes in the next five to ten years, and that is a huge deal for the Big Ten uh, to compete with the SEC because, uh, as we've seen over the years in college football and more specifically college sports, it's ran by the SEC and the Big Ten. It's just a proven fact. I mean, you, you look at the, the last few national championship winners or college football playoff participants, it's mostly been – SEC and Big Ten, Big Ten top teams getting in there, uh, and I, this is great for the conference. I mean, you talk about we we net in 2024 could have Ohio State at yeah, the yeah. LA Coliseum. Like, yeah. dude, that if yeah. that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what does. And, and like USC, Michigan, great Matt. Like, talk about that. Think about this for a minute. USC to Michigan or Camp Randall in November. Oh, my gosh. West Coast yeah. team going into the cold, the wind, possibly snow. It, it's It's got me hyped up already. I'm a big Big Ten guy. Obviously, you guys know, big Ohio State guy. Um, yeah. But this is a great move for the conference. Also, access to L.A. recruiting. And also, not to mention, Big Ten basketball. UCLA has been a prominent basketball program, and now you just add that into the Big Ten, which is maybe the best conference for college basketball throughout the past 10 years. I mean, 
this is a great fit, great move. I'm excited about it. My only concern about this, like I said to you earlier, was travel. It, it's a lot of traveling for, for guys that are, you know, in their 18 and 20s. It's a lot of traveling, but I, I can't wait to see it take place. I'm excited. And also the Big Ten's looking at it more. According to Bruce Feldman and The Athletic and Fox Sports, the Big Ten's looking to get to 20 teams. Stay tuned for that later wow. in the show. Wow. Stay tuned for that later in the show. I got I got a take on that one. But uh, then the second one you asked are all super conferences. It's where we're headed. I mean – there are already reports about uh, the Big Ten going after Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame. There are recruits. Uh, there are uh, there's some noise there about the ICC talking to Clemson, FSU, and Miami. Super conferences is gonna happen. It's only a matter of time. And really, what I think kind of set this all into motion was. Look at what the NFL is doing. They have two different conferences battling it out. They have top talent, top teams. And guess what? It's going to make the regular season more exciting. Because guess what? The first week of September of the college football season, there's maybe four or five games that I'm really going to want to sit down and watch. Think about it this way. If, if let's say, Clemson joins the SEC, you could have Alabama and Clemson in the regular season. USC already joined the Big Ten. Ohio State, USC, like I mentioned. Let's say Notre Dame goes there. You get Notre Dame and Ohio State at the horseshoe every year. Oh, my gosh. Excitement overload. Like, there are so many different possibilities and possible matchups that are just going through my head in general. And also, you're you're still keeping the rivalries around. You're keeping the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. You're keeping the game, Michigan, Ohio State, the Red River Showdown, Texas, Oklahoma. You're keeping those because you got the same teams in the conferences. And, by the way, FSU-Miami, if they move to the ACC, that rivalry gets to stay, too. I know FSU fans on Twitter would freak out if I didn't bring that up. So, there you guys go. There's there's your there's your time to shine. Oaks, I know you are kind of getting into college football a little more over the over the past couple of months, even the yeah. last year. Uh, what do you kind of think about this? Are you excited about the direction? So, in terms of if it's a good fit, uh, I'm going to go to that question first. I think it's absolutely a good fit. When you 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 pretty much touched on most of it. it I'm going to look at it from a, a quality of game standpoint, and that's kind of where you were going at it as well. Yeah. Um, it's just all around better for the consumer. You know what I mean? And we all know that things these days, when it comes to sports, when it comes to everything, are driven by the dollar, right? So. When it comes to this move, obviously you mentioned all the different matchups that you can have, UCLA, USC versus, you know, Ohio State, whatever you want to go, whatever matchup you want to go, you named a lot of them. The bottom line is there is more money to be had in a move like this. Now, when we go to the other question, are we heading towards super conferences? I think that's kind of a no-doubter. You know what I mean? Like we really are going towards, it seems like, the SEC and the Big Ten. And honestly, I can't, you know, some people want to blame, you know, USC and UCLA, and they're saying that it's a money-hungry move. And, you know, I saw people were upset because they made it seem like it was something they were doing for the student-athletes. But, you know, the more money the schools make, theoretically, the more money is there for the student-athletes, right? You know what I mean? Like, you'd like to think. So, and with the NIL deals and everything coming in, it's just money is flowing in from everywhere. So that's just realistically where we're heading. You know what I mean? In college sports in general, 
And um, I want to say this one thing that I, that I read, um, USC last year in terms of TV money was making $30 million, right? So they made $30 million, all the money that was split up, uh, you know, amongst the, the teams in the conference. In this new deal with the Big Ten, they're going to be making over $70 million. So they more than doubled the amount of money that they're making just from the TV money. You know, and that's not even counting, you know, like you mentioned, like, you know, the, the subpar games, I guess, that they might have been playing. And you might have had like USC versus Washington State before, whereas now that's going to be USC versus Ohio State. You know what I mean? So then you think about the differences in student ticket sales, you know what I mean? And fan sales for tickets and, and merchandise and all of that. And I liked what you brought up with the recruiting is now expanding out into the California state and everything like that. So that's more exposure for everybody. I think, you know, it's natural to be, you know, hesitant about change and, and, and we like things the way that they are, you know what I mean? Just in life. But um, I think if you look at this from a, if you take a step back and just look at it from a college football fan perspective, not even, you know, anything else, we should be all be excited because it's all just going to bring more entertainment, better quality games, bigger matchups throughout the entirety of the year. You'd like to hope, and uh, yeah, man, that battle in the in the Big Ten conference is going to be insane, and I can't wait for it. Well, and too, man, you brought up a great point with the TV revenue. I mean, the the ICC and the Big Ten are the two biggest. They have those. They have all these TV deals with all these different networks, and so. Yeah. For me personally, I just think that it's it's overall great. Like you were saying, from a fan perspective, it gets you excited. My favorite sport is college football. I love college football at all levels of college football. It doesn't matter. But when you talk about you know teams linking up in conferences and making these super conferences, yeah, it's insane. We have never seen this before in this sport. But you know what's crazy? In an interview in 2013, uh, ex-Michigan coach said they could see this happening in 10 years. Wow. Guess what? 2013, 2022, about 10 years ago, probably nine and a half, something like that. But Well, what I'm going to ask you then is kind of like a branch off of what you just said. We've yeah. heard people like Joel Klatt say he believes that we're going to be heading towards an 8, a 10, a 12 team college playoff system do you believe that we're heading there are we going to be there in the next two three years is it going to be five years are we talking another 10 years because i think Mm -hmm. i think with stuff like this you know when you think about the fact that moves are being made and it is about money like i've been saying and the more game you know more teams in the playoff means more games more games means what more opportunities for people to come buy tickets watch watch the game which is more money so i think in terms of how long we're talking, we could be seeing eight teams in the playoffs within, you know, by the time they make that move, USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, we might be at eight teams. Oh, yeah. I think I think we're going to be up in the number of teams sooner rather than later. I think the first yeah. step, I think, is to go to eight to ten teams. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if we see as many as 12. Because think about this, okay? The NCAA, whenever they do something – they always go for the home run ball, okay? The NIL deal, they kind of just released it, didn't put any parameters out there. The college football playoff, they just kind of, boom, released it. Top four, boom, different from the BCS. So, for me, 
theoretically the NCAA, they like to swing for the fences. And I think they're going to swing for the fences. I think by the time 2024 comes around, you look at Texas and Oklahoma going to the ICC, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. That's yep. just right now. And according to reports, Notre Dame might be making a move to the ICC of the Big Ten here in the next yeah. week. So things are going to happen here within the next week, two weeks to a month where you're going to have three to four teams probably joining the Big Ten and the ICC respectively, and that's even before the start of the season. So, yeah, I think in 2024 you see something like this happen. And, again, like Joe Clyde has always said, it's good for the sport. Get more teams in there. You know, give give the Cincinnati's a shot. You know, give everyone a shot. Let them play. It's football. Trust me. If you if you put on a twelve team a twelve team playoff, the viewership would be off the charts. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, hey, maybe you should be running things over there in college football. I w- I wish. I mean, man. you know, I'm just I'm just doing. You've already got the coach name attached to your name there. We just maybe need to be, you know, what is a commissioner, Brett Dunkel. What do you say? I think I think they'd be better off for it, man. We might already have twelve teams in the playoff, but you know. That's just my opinion. What do I know? Hey man, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. Um let's uh let's transition back to the NBA because we've got more more drama going on in the NBA. Uh you know, obviously things have been going on with Kevin Durant, but you know, really what set this all off, what started um, it all was our guy Kyrie Irving. Now, I'm a big fan of Kyrie Irving personally. He's, he's quirky. He does some things I don't agree with. He does a lot of things I do agree with. You know what I mean? It really goes both ways with him, and he's a fantastic player. Um, but, um, you know, obviously because of the whole deal with, you know, him not getting a long-term deal, with I, which I agree with, and, you know, Kevin Durant being close buddies with him, Kyrie wants out. You know what I mean? And he's made that known, and, and it seems like the Lakers, from all reports, are the only ones willing to, to really give up some assets for him. Uh, so my question to you, Dunk, is if you are the Lakers GM, would you trade Anthony Davis straight up for Kyrie Irving? Or would you trade him at all for Kyrie Irving, regardless of who you're getting back from the Nets or whoever? Would you trade Anthony Davis for Kyrie? Uh, I think it would have to be the right trade. Um so a couple things. LeBron and AD uh, obviously have a terrific relationship, I believe, on and off the basketball court. Yeah. Um, Anthony Davis obviously kind of has been unreliable lately uh, as of late, just kind of, you know, been getting hurt a lot. People are starting to call him street clothes. Um but I'm going to be honest, man. I, I wouldn't trade AD for Kyrie uh, straight up. Now, now I will say, um, if it was a three-team deal where the Lakers were getting more than Kyrie back, I think you definitely would have to consider it. Like, if let's say they got like a, a Kyrie and maybe a Kevin Love in like a three-team trade or something, <laughs> then maybe you kind of think about it. Have you or, been looking at my notes over there? No, I've not. I, that is, I'm going to get into it in a second, but that is exactly what I'm about to talk about right here. But like, 
Um, or even from the Nats themselves, like if they were able to get like a Seth Curry, a Joe Harris, a Royce O'Neal included yeah. with Kyrie, then okay, yeah, you start to think about it because guess what? The Wanda twins, Brian and Kyrie, they know how to play with each other. They know how to get the okay. most out of each Where other. Where does that name come from? The Wanda twins? Shannon Sharp, twenty seventeen. What does it mean? What does it mean? Dude, I don't know. He literally he said so when, when Golden State came, came together, he mm-hmm. said, We got the Wanda twins. I don't know what that means. I comment down below if you guys know what yeah. the Wanda twins means. We have no everybody idea. go on Twitter right now and at Shannon Sharp and ask him what that means because I have no idea. I don't know if he's is that a fairly odd parents reference? Like they can just snap I, I their finger. So. I don't know what that is. Like I think so. I, I think it's it, it's a reference to some show, man. I see. Here's the thing: Ron yeah. and Kyrie know how to play together. Yeah. So if those two come come back together, they they have a, a good supporting cast, good depth around them. Let's go, Lakers, man. You know you know how we do. But if the but Lakers you wouldn't just, trade them, I, I wouldn't trade AD unless I'm getting more than just Kyrie. It, straight up, I wouldn't do it if I were Rob Polinka. I'll tell you why you are so wrong on this, okay? Okay. I would trade Kyrie straight up for Anthony Davis if that was on the table. Straight up. Okay. But before I get into that, I, and this is why I said I think you were looking at my notes. We did talk about this, though, too. Here is a three-team trade that I think works out so well for all three teams. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. The Lakers would trade Anthony Davis, Russ. Okay, actually, I'm going to put it like this: the Lakers would get Kyrie, Kevin Love, and Joe Harris. Okay. The Cavs would get Russ and two first-round picks. And then, in terms of Russ, maybe you buy him out. Maybe you sit him. We just saw the Rockets sit John Wall for an entire year because they didn't want to mess it up with that those young guys, Jalen Green, and all those guys, right? Right. So we can see that happening. That could happen. And the Nets get Anthony Davis, Horton Tucker, and Karis Levert. Okay? Okay. So they bring back Levert, who's been on the team before. You know, I'm assuming they, he had a good relationship there. So the Lakers will be sending out Anthony Davis, AD, and Horton Tucker. And you pair up Kyrie and Kevin Love back in Los Angeles with a Joe Harris, right? Because you got to make the salaries match. Or a Seth Curry. Okay, but I like Joe Harris a little bit better. And I think that that works out really well, obviously. The Lakers get their guys. They're instant championship contenders, right? The Nets are rebuilding. But if you get AD in that trade, does Kevin Durant stay? I think he might. Why would he leave? You know, unless you say that he's leaving because he's upset with management and he doesn't care who's on the team. But, like, where is he going to go at that point where he's going to have better players than Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis? You know what I mean? Like, where? Golden State would be the only thing I can think of, right? Or Milwaukee. Yeah. And then for Cleveland, you know, you get two first-round picks and you do whatever you want with Russ. So, I think even if that trade didn't happen, I still would trade him. And the reason why is is that we have seen Kyrie and LeBron flourish together. And quite frankly – Kyrie's had some really solid seasons since he left LeBron, but he hasn't contributed to winning basketball in that sense since he left LeBron. 
right? So like whatever it is, whether it's a, a mentorship kind of relationship or if it's just a good fit, which I think it definitely is, Kyrie seems to be a better player or he was when he was with LeBron as opposed to when he's not. What's up? Per Chris Haynes, the Los Angeles Lakers and Brooklyn Nets are actively engaged in trade discussions centered on a Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving package. League sources wow. tell at Yahoo Sports. Wow, that just dropped? Yeah, a couple minutes ago. Oh, you know this? Oh, boy. Here we go. See, this is this is going to probably happen quick. And I'm surprised that they want Russ in return. But they're probably going to just drop. What do you think? They're going to buy him out? Because Durant's not going to play with Russ again, right? Like, Yeah, I think, I think what they're going to do is Lakers will probably send Russ, THT, two picks. They'll yeah. buy out Russ, mm-hmm. clear the salary. And then, hey, we got THT, two picks. And, I mean, I guess for for Kyrie, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, you know, especially the, if you're losing KD. Well, and here's the thing too. Okay, is that realistically, the Nets are going to get a shit ton back for Kevin Durant. Excuse yeah. my language, but yeah. they're going to get a, a crap ton back for that man. So, what you get for Kyrie is just icing on top of the cake. Kyrie wants to go to the Lakers, and I'm going to tell you this, bro. Chris Haynes, man, this dude kind of underrated. You know, we got the wind horse and the other world. The Brashad he really players. is. He's he's locked in. Like he's yeah. keyed in on this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't get the credit. I agree. And and dude, I'm telling you right now, man. If this if this happens live on air, Oaks, oh man, man, this will, if this happens live on air, everybody watching this has to subscribe because that's just crazy. And you guys got to be on the journey with us, obviously. And like for this to be the first episode. For honestly, like the second biggest probably news of the entire NBA offseason to drop during the show. Like that's just a sign. You gotta like, you gotta subscribe, comment below. And uh that's crazy, man. I, I think um once that domino falls, like everything else is gonna happen quick. I think once that happens, we're gonna see KD probably get shipped out in a in a couple of days after that. You know what I mean? Like it's just one domino or the other has to fall, you know. And man, I mean, I remember like we were talking about it, and I was like, once he's opted in, I was like, so, damn, I was disappointed. So, dude, so what I'm kind of seeing here yeah. is that the trade is kind of put together. They just need to kind of put the finishing touches on it. No. That's that's kind of how it seems to me right now. No way. I mean, okay, so, wow. I mean, if, that is, if this happens – when we talk about in terms of like the Lakers chances now, where do they audible here? Where do the Lakers then let's say they get Kyrie and they only have to give up Russ and a couple picks and Taylor Horton Tucker. So they keep LeBron, they keep Anthony Davis. i like the signings they made. We talked about the signings that they made. They Walker, made. Man, that's Walker, I like him a lot. He's a longer lanky kind of guy. You can dribble and create a shot. Where do the Lakers rank then? in terms of the Western Conference going into the next year? Are they the favorites for you if they get Kyrie? No, Assuming the I, Warriors don't get Ke- Kevin Durant, obviously. I, I think they're they're a top three team. I, I would put them, I'd put them up there in the top three. Um, again, I think like we've talked about so much over the past few weeks is really can AD stay healthy? And if AD stays healthy – 
LeBron is still the LeBron of last year where he can drop 56 points and it's like, oh my God, what is this? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy what he's doing. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this. LeBron James, whenever he gets a super team put together, does does win. Last year, obviously, kind of was an anomaly with Russ. That was kind of a super team. But, again, he got hurt. AD got hurt. I don't know if that was It really was, good. but it, it wasn't a super team in a sense of the fit never made sense. And you right. can argue that the fit didn't make much sense in Miami. But what I would say is when the talent is that good and all three guys are in their prime, it right. doesn't matter. LeBron's not in his prime. Russ isn't in his prime. AD no. – I don't know if he's in his prime or not. He's never around long enough to, for us to find out. You know what I mean? So you almost played as many minutes in the NBA as, you know, as he did last year. <laughs> like, well, like, like, dude, I, I will say, I will say. Yeah. I think that if the Lakers get Kyrie, AD, LeBron, I think they can win the title without a doubt. I think they can. I think they are now title contenders Assuming they land, oh Kyrie, no, AD. no contenders, no question, no question. They've got two top twelve guys and a top fifteen player. I will say too. I will say too. Yeah. If, if this Kyrie move happens, mm-hmm. keep an eye on Golden State for KD. That's all I'm going to say. We talked about that, didn't we? We said it, yeah, because Golden State's going to be sitting back and do. You want to talk about a team with the assets to get Kevin Durant? We've talked about this a lot. They got assets they- to get anybody. I mean, Jordan, I know Jordan Poole. They've got Moses Moody. They have Kaminga, Wiseman, and like a whole bunch of picks. Like they could trade anyone. And and yeah, they lost Juan Toscano. They lost Gary Payton, but that could definitely happen. I could absolutely see that happening. That's that's kind of as a Bucks fan. I mean, I'm glad they're in the West. You know what I mean? You look at the Clippers, the Warriors, the the Lakers. If they get Kyrie. I mean, that's another discussion for another day, but the, the road is clear. The path for the road to the finals dunk is clearing up quite nicely for the Bucks. I think you would agree with that. As long as everybody's healthy, you know, that's all we need. They are, quote, maintaining discussions. Oh, so- I see. I don't – maintaining discussions? I mean, I don't know. Dude, Oaks, I think this is inevitable. What is like they're Thanos? They're inevitable. No, that they're that they're gonna get Kyrie. <laughs> I I'm gonna Just, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chris Haynes is not a guy to put out that they're engaged in trade talks unless something's gonna happen. Chris Chris Haynes, concrete dude, man. Man, you want to talk about Le GM? I mean. LeBron is pretty much like Thanos. He's got that infinity gauntlet glove, dude. And when he snaps his fingers, he gets the guy he wants. He wants Kevin Love from Minnesota, gets him. You know, he wants uh, Anthony Davis from New Orleans, gets him. Now he wants Kyrie. Guess what? I want Kyrie. I'm LeBron James. I get Kyrie. You know, a certain guy by the name of Michael Jordan, number 23 on the Chicago Bulls, you might have known the greatest player of all time. He didn't need to stack the deck. But it's okay. LeBron Second. LeBron does, and it's okay. It's okay. Second. No. The only thing that he might have ever finished second in dunk was one of those, uh, you know, poker games on the on the private jet. But besides that, he's never finished second. He's never been second in anything. Um, but that's a discussion that we'll have 
on a whole nother podcast because we could go about that for an hour. But what I want to do now is I want to introduce uh, what might be my favorite segment of the whole show moving forward. It's the slam dunk. Is it a topic? Is it a take? Or what slam are we doing? Dunk hot take, man. You know, the slam you dunk know. hot take. There we go. All right, bring it. Bring, give it to us right now. Put the shades on. Well, you know, I I gotta I gotta put on put these. Put the uh, shades on. There we go. I got I gotta put these Detective bad boys on. I gotta yeah. I gotta move the hat backwards. Hashtag locked in dunks, baby. Oh, Y'all wait a minute. You're a, wait a minute. So you're a backwards hat kind of guy? Uh, only when I need to be locked in, Andrew. Stay mellow, my man. Hey, Stay hey, mellow. I I'm not a backwards hat kind of guy, but you know. Whatever Each floats your boat, brother. When you're when you're given the slam dunk hot take, though, I'll give you the pass. All right, I'll give you a one time pass, one time a show for the hot take. I'll allow it. All right, it brother. fits you. It suits you. Well, hey man, my hot take yeah. is that Notre Dame, Oregon, and Washington will join the Big Twelve in a week. Write it down. In a week. In a week time. Write it down. Yeah, so so Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, I think joined the big time. Kind of Ohio State's AD, Gene Smith, and Kevin Warren have been kind of talking and and kind of saying some stuff here and there everywhere, you know. Uh, But it's been reported the big time wants to get to 20 teams. I think they're at 17 or 18 right now. That means we need two or three more teams. Uh, Let's let's bring in Oregon, a very good college football program. Let's bring in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And then let's bring in Washington, who's a solid pickup. That is a hot take. I, I will say if they do that, if they pull that off and they get 20, if they get up to 20 teams, and it seems like they're going for the big dogs, right? Like it doesn't yeah. seem like they're pulling in, you know, the smaller schools. If they do that, then we really are looking at, like we talked about earlier, the definition of you might as well call it the NCAA football NFL, because you are looking at two power conferences with teams that are loaded front to back. And it's going to be an all out war for competition in those conferences. I think we're looking at, honestly, you know, from a competitive standpoint, I think, I think it's a great thing. I I, I hope it happens. I hope you're right. You know what I mean? I mean, we're not going to agree on a lot of things on the show, but I agree that I think, on this kind of topic, I think that it can only go in a positive direction when you talk about, you know, uh, more teams coming to the Big Ten and, and the SEC or whatever it is. Hell yeah, bro. I agree. Uh, but, Oaks, I uh, I heard you're kind of – you kind of got some a, – a little list yeah. going on over there. I do. So, we are going to be debuting my – Andrew's A list. So this is going to be from week to week and put in the comments below. We're going to put out a tweet every, every few days or whatever as well. Kind of a poll of what you want me to do for the, for the subject. But for this one, since it is the first one, I'm going to be doing the top five most impactful NBA free agent signings since 2010. Now, why did I pick 2010? 2010 is the year that LeBron went to Miami. In my opinion, that is the year where player movement really became king in the nba and players kind of took control of their own destiny and stuff like that and i give lebron credit for that i know you think i'm a lebron hater dunk so i'm good. not i love the guy I, I like the guy a lot i respect him 
But, you know, and especially in this case, I think he definitely, you know, deserves some credit for this. So coming in at number one, LeBron James to the Miami Heat in 2010. Okay? You look at what that happened. That he, that basically was the birthplace of the player-made super team, right? Before that, you had the 08 Celtics, but that was really kind of some trades that made that happen. You had Bird Celtics, but that was all, you know, drafting and stuff like that. Um, this was the start, Dunk, of the player-made super team, and something that we continue to see today, something that we're talking about right now in terms of Kyrie going to L.A. So that was huge. That started off LeBron's eight straight NBA Finals runs. Kevin Durant, you could argue, never makes the move to go to Golden State if this doesn't happen because he would have never been able to think that that was okay to do. Um, so it was just huge. Coming in at number two, speaking of Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant to Golden State in 2016 is number two. You can't read that. I don't know why I'm showing that. <laughs> Kevin Durant going to Golden State in 2016. Why is that the second most important, you ask? Well, I'm going to argue that if he doesn't go there, LeBron doesn't. LeBron wins like at least two more championships at least. And I think that's kind of like, you know, undeniable. You know, he was just on such a run with such great teams. And, um, you know, I just think that it's, it's undeniable that that's what would have happened. Um, this move as well, you could argue, completely changed the entire lay layout of the league. Some people will say it made it unfair, others unbalanced. It was definitely the least competitive league we had seen of the decade, those few years, those three years with Durant on the Warriors, you know, you pretty much knew who was making the finals every year. So right. um, you could argue Kyrie never leaves the Cavaliers. Maybe. Yeah. If Kevin Durant doesn't go there, because maybe he left because he knew they weren't going to win. And I'm not going to sit there and deal with drama queen LeBron James if I'm not winning the championship. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and you know, it's right. You know, he's, a, you know, he's loves the drama. Come on now. All right. The number three most important signing of the last decade plus LeBron back to Cleveland, back to the hometown in 2014. Um, obviously. You have the 3-1 comeback, which is legendary. Why is it significant in terms of the NBA, though? Kevin Love gets traded to the Timberwolves, which never would have happened if LeBron doesn't come back, or traded from the T-Wolves to the Cavs, which doesn't happen if LeBron's not back there. Because of that, the T-Wolves tank, they get Carl Anthony Towns number one overall. So that doesn't happen if Kevin Love is there. Did you know, Dunk, that when LeBron went back to the Cavaliers, their value increased to over a billion dollars more than it was when he wasn't there. That's value. That's value. That's significance. Okay. Number four, most important free agent signing, LeBron to the Lakers. This is all LeBron. This is he's basically the father of movement. Uh, before he got there, five straight losing seasons, a record of one twenty six and two eighty four after from the year after Kobe left until the year, actually two years before he left, to the year that LeBron got there. Um, you know, won a title within the first two years, brought in Anthony Davis, the whole bit really changed life there for the Lakers and for the culture. Hold on. Hold on. I know I'm boring you, but give me one more. All right, one more, number five. Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat. 
Okay, kind of a shock, but That's I think it's a big one, dude. That's he came in the year after D Wade retired. Yeah, leader of the Heat culture, obviously, he's great for that culture. He's been an All Star two out of three seasons. Brought he's brought the Heat to the finals when no one thought they would get there to the conference finals within two minutes of a game seven of winning to going back to the finals. Um, he. You know, you want to talk about Kevin Durant. If Jimmy Butler's not in Miami, Kevin Durant doesn't want to go there. You know, and Jimmy Butler's been huge on that team, plus minus of almost 700 in three years there. So when he's on the floor, they're a championship contender. When he's off the floor, they, they're not contending. So those are my five. Those are my five most important NBA free agent signings. Leave a comment below if you agree, if you disagree, what, you know, you're going to be wrong, but leave the comment anyway. And, uh, you know, we can go back and forth. Um, what those are, I do think there were a few to be fair that I probably left out Kawhi to the Clippers, Paul George to the Clippers were obviously big ones. Um, but you know, Paul George was traded though. LeBron, LeBron locked their ass down in that uh, first game back in the ball. On the that's why I didn't board. put him in, that's why I didn't put him in there because they haven't gotten anywhere. You know, they on got the to the same. conference finals when Kawhi wasn't even playing so, on so the got- same play. If you guys haven't noticed, I am a huge LeBron fan. I actually got this one of these uh, wonderful books here by Brian Windhorst. You know? Oh, it's just a great read. Oh, I love Wendy, though. Wendy, I can't say anything about Wendy. Wendy's great. Yeah. Written by Wendy. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. And and we were kind of – we're trying to see if this news is going to drop here live on the show. I don't think it's going to, though. Never hey, mind. all I know, Oaks, is that uh, <laughs> LeBron and Kyrie. Let's run it back, man. Some of the best. It doesn't, moments- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People comment below Bucks and Six because no matter who the Lakers have, I like the Clippers, but that doesn't matter Dude, either. Oaks, we all know they choke. Oaks. The Golden State Warriors, it's Bucks and Six no matter Oaks. what, baby. It doesn't matter Oaks. who's coming out Stop. of the West. It really Stop doesn't the- matter who's coming. Stop. Bro, it if doesn't Kyrie, matter who's coming out of the West. If Kyrie Holiday AD, will lock him down like he locked him down a couple years ago. Who, it doesn't Kyrie? matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they ain't seen that Kyrie AD pick wrong, though. They ain't seen that. We haven't seen Anthony Davis on the court. Oh, just <laughs> I don't know play, if he's man. even going to hey. be on the court. Hey, Brian, go get him right. Brian, go get him right. Right this year, Bron gonna get AD right and Kyrie right in the same offseason. Bron's gonna get right is that he's gonna be number Wait. one on the all-time scoring list this year. That's it. Hey, question for you: LeBron's yeah. going into year twenty, right? Yeah, crazy. Have, we, have we ever seen anyone win a championship in year twenty? I don't think so. And we're <laughs> not going to this year. We're not going to this year. Let me ask you something. Is Giannis Antetokounmpo the greatest player alive right now? Right now, yeah. Slight, slight edge over stuff. And would you rather have on your team to win a championship? Would you rather have- is Ky- is Kyrie fully bought in? If 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 pigs could fly, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm gonna say, Ky- bro. No, bro. Let me let me keep it real. Last yeah. time we saw Kyrie Irving hit a big shot was in the finals. Was well, six years ago. I don't care. Six man. years ago was Dude, the that last was, big that shot. That was the greatest. 
Oh, Drew Holiday's oh, been hitting big shots in the playoffs. And I don't know why, because he's been in the playoffs. Hey. And he plays. Hey. Hey. Kyrie make big shots with go old Goat James over there, man. Six years ago, man. This is six years ago. I, I, I was still in high school when that happened. Like, this is crazy. So yeah, you were barely out of the womb the last time Kyrie Irving hit a big shot. Get out of here, man. You were barely out of the womb. You uh, were still waving the pom-poms for LeBron James just like you are now, okay? And Kyrie was saving LeBron's bacon back then. He's going to have to do it this year, but the difference is he'll have Drew Holiday gardening, so he's not going to be able to do it. He's hey, not going to be able to do it. Hey, it's that simple. Hey, all I know. All and I, I love know. Kyrie. I, it's nothing against Kyrie. I'm just saying. I think you're the Lakers. I think you know. You if know. they get Kyrie Irving with Anthony Davis, write this down right now. They're making it to the finals. Oh, well, I'm writing this down. They're making it to the finals. Lakers in seven. Somebody screen record this and then tag dunk in that sub. Lakers and seven over the Bucks. When the Lakers get bounced in the second round, somebody subtweet dunk and make sure that you keep the second round. What you talking about? Because they're either gonna be playing Golden State or the Clippers. You scared, scared, bro, bro, bro. This I love the other. Hey, you see the shirt? Wait a minute. You see the shirt? Brew Crew. That's I, Milwaukee, I like Milwaukee Bucks. We're on the other side of conference bracket, man. We're not scared of anybody. Yeah, you are. Boston Celtics, bro. We, we almost beat them without our second best player. Yeah, and they just added Malcolm Brogdon, bro. Oh, you mean a guy that we got rid of? <laughs> oh, oh. Brogdon, he doesn't even stay healthy, dude. The guy plays 50 hey. games a year. Hey, Oaks, let me just tell you something, man. Let me just tell you a little something. The last time Kyrie and LeBron were together, some of the happiest times of my life. Okay. 2016, maybe the greatest NBA season of all time. Warriors win 73 games. Kobe's final season. Cavs win 3-1 comeback. I, we can keep going. Okay. We could keep going. But I'm Well, gonna- somebody get – Somebody better get over to Dunk's house this year and they better watch him 24-7 surveillance because it's going to be a lot of sadness for you, man. It's going to be a lot of sadness, a lot of disappointment because guess what? When you're hitching your wagon to an unpredictable Kyrie Irving and a completely unpredictable – and again, this is going to come off like I am a hater. I love Kyrie Irving. He might be my favorite player to watch, being honest. He's that good. He's that great. But you can't ignore the warning signs, the personality stuff. He's changed a lot since the last time he was with LeBron. And if Anthony Davis wasn't motivated last year to be healthy, I don't know why why is he going to be motivated this year. Hey, this show, you you know what? A, A great, a great wise man once said, it's a spoiler. Oh, gosh. Okay. So now we're comparing LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. To the tribal chief. I don't think that's something that should be smart to do. When you, you've got a guy that's held the belt for over, what is it, 700 days? I, that's, I, that's, they don't belong in the same sentence. I'm sorry. You have one goat on one I end and then LeBron who's not the goat. I didn't say Kyrie. Even LeBron. You, you're talking about the goat? Yeah. And Roman LeBron, Reigns against LeBron, LeBron James, who's not the Robert goat Ray. in anything. Goats. You know, LeBron has always been the goat. And complaining about not getting foul calls. 
he's really good at that. He does that really well. And, you know, making the finals and not winning. But that's, you know, something that my guy Jordan just doesn't know anything about. Cases of San Pellegrino. This is something that we're going to be doing on the show, okay? And everybody, this is a way for everybody to hold Dunk accountable for his absolutely wild takes that he's going to be having. Three cases of San Pellegrino that if the Lakers get Kyrie, they don't make the finals. All right. Mark it now. Done? Okay. Done. All right. Three cases. Start the debt uh. now. The the man the man's not free right now, so but we'll get we'll get Gavin on another day to uh to talk about yeah we will um, Kyrie in this whole situation. Oh, she wanna take it away. Yeah, so thanks everybody for watching. Obviously, this is our first episode, so we're only gonna get better from here. It's only gonna go up from here. So please subscribe, like, comment, whatever. It helps the algorithm, helps us get in there. Turn on the notifications, even though YouTube won't notify you regardless. But uh <laughs> Thanks so much, Dunk. This has been fun. And uh, you guys can follow us on uh, No Game Oaks Dunk Show on Twitter. You can follow Dunk at uh, DetectiveDunk at Shades.com. And uh, you can find no, – I'm just kidding. I think it's – what is it? Coach underscore Dunks? Coach B Dunks? It's, it's at Coach underscore B Dunks. Exactly. And for me, it's it's Andrew Oaks, O-C-H-S. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you guys next time. This guy right here, he has no game. It's a spoiler.